Welcome to the weekly edition of Beyond the Title, where we get to know the person behind the strategy, the story, and yes, the brand. Joining us every week are senior professionals across the globe. So amazing that we just have to know who they are. Hi, Tony. Welcome. Hey, Steve. Nice to be here. Hey, good to meet you, Tony. Good to meet you. By the way, how are you doing? How has the lockdown been treating you? Uh, it's um, a very intense, mundane uh, is what I would go with. <laughs> uh, very same, same thing over and over again. My beard is getting quite long, but uh, but we're we're making it through. We're making it through. Hey, what I remember about you from my savage days is that you used to love those amazing, uh, not just love, but you had an amazing collection of Converse shoes. Mm -hmm. uh, have you increased that collection since then? Unfortunately, Steve, not a lot of places to go. So uh, not a lot of new shoes uh, in the collection, unfortunately. Uh, kind of just oh, defaulting man. to my running shoes pretty much. It's <laughs> the only time I get to go out. So no, no, haven't added to the collection. Hey, uh, talking about talking about your collection as well, and because I know you're you're, you're quite uh, a sporty person, athletic person. Uh, the picture that we've got for your lovely BTT, what's the story behind it? There's a huge hand on the beach. Yeah, well, I always like to do uh, sand art um, whenever I have a, the opportunity to have a beach day. Um, and this was before I had kids, so it was when I could actually <laughs> spend a lot of time putting something together that doesn't get immediately destroyed by small hands uh, and feet. So I had, uh, I had put together this idea of a giant hand coming out of the, of the sand. And uh, it actually it turned out pretty well, I think. Awesome. And you mentioned kids. Uh, you, you've got a beautiful toddler who, who came up uh, during a roundtable the other day. Uh, tell us more about your kids now. Yeah, he was not a fan of the conversational commerce conversation we were having. Um, yeah, I've got two kids that's boys. Um, that one of them's almost five, and the other one's a year and a half. So they, uh, wow. um, you know, they, they, they've gotten to see. They, they wonder kind of what I do. I think for work because they always see me talking into a screen um, there too. But uh, they, they get they get they sometimes they make cameos. In our, in our I can imagine your five-year-old going, hmm, that's a good job. That's an easy job. That's just have to talk over the camera all the time. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, hey. He doesn't see all the stress behind it, so. Uh, trust me, I've got two of my own. I, I, I know what goes behind all that. Uh, but hey, they're, they're a gift and they're, they're a blessing to have. Uh, so, you know, God bless you for, for having those amazing kids around you during these times. Thanks, Steve. Hey. So, Tony. We've known each other for a while. I've, I've, you know, always marveled at your thought leadership. You know, whether it's digital transformation, whether that is social media, whether that is uh, e-commerce. I've enjoyed reading your blogs as well. But what is it that gets you out of bed every morning? What's your ikigai? What's your philosophy of life? Getting out of bed in the morning um, is, I suppose, a mixture of existential dread about one day dying and not being able to get out of bed combined with the <laughs> earthly pleasures that we can enjoy on a daily basis, uh, starting with, you know, eating a good breakfast and going for a run and, uh, and everything like that. So I, I, I guess it's, uh, um, I don't like to stay in bed. I guess that's, 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 I don't have a problem of, of, of sleeping too much. So I kind of, I kind of get out of bed early. And um, my other motivation is to get out of bed before the kids so that I have a little bit of of time in the morning to, to eat my breakfast calmly, drink my coffee, read <laughs> an economist, you know, things that I, I wouldn't get a chance to do otherwise. So taking advantage of that kind of key moment to start off the day is, is really, really important for me. 
Oh wow! And does that translate also to to uh, to your wife now? So, so do you guys get to do this early morning? Because I do the same, right? I wake up fifty minutes to an hour earlier just to make sure my wife and I have you know that twenty minute of coffee time, mm. quietness to talk to get through you know what was ha- what's going to happen during the day. No, she uh, <laughs> she's the last one to get out of bed in the morning, and uh, I have to often send the kids into the bedroom to get her to come out of bed. Uh, so no, that's not that's me time. My morning is me time. <laughs> Good stuff. Good stuff. <laughs> um, now, uh, again, I, I've you know looked at life as a movie. Uh, one of my favorite movies was Back to the Future, so this is kind of pushed into that a bit. But if life were a movie what character would you play? What character would you like to play? I mean, uh, it would be great to be, uh, you know, it would be great to be like Achilles in Troy, you know, without the ending. <laughs> up until up until act uh, three, I think that would have been a, would have been a nice, uh, a nice role there too. But uh, no, I, I, um, I enjoy I enjoy the kind of hero, the hero characters that are able to, 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 to really uh, move, you know, not just armies, but but worlds. So if I was going to to, to shoot the character, I'd choose one with a heavy amount of galactic <laughs> ambition. Nice. I, I'm guessing you've watched the movie Troy with um, uh, what's his name now, Brad Pitt. I think it was. It was Brad Pitt. Yeah. Uh, have you ever fancied, you know, swinging a sword and and holding on to to a metal shield? Well, you know, he's he, that move that he does when he kills the giant, when he just kind of jumps in the air and stabs real quick. I mean, I've always, I, I would love to be able to have that combination of power and efficiency uh, with anything I'm doing. So I guess, yeah, somewhere, somewhere, you know, you, you kind of wonder what it would have been like if we had to get off on the battlefield. And I'm also really happy to never have to know that. <laughs> God bless you. I, I am grateful we don't have to know war, even though there is enough of it around. Uh, yeah. However... Uh, fun story there. So Danielle from Consquare, uh, one of our lovely partners uh, in Australia right now, uh, she is an ex-MMA fighter. Um, mm. Yeah, and she, the last time, but by the way, she will be speaking at Reshape. But the last time we spoke, she mentioned that, you know, I'd love to do one of these uh, these workshops for all the people who attend Reshape uh, because she also wants to teach, uh, you know, not just health and well-being, but also a bit of yoga in there, a bit of MMA. But she marveled at that particular move where you, away. of course, Brad Pitt was jumping, but they do use it in MMA as well. Uh, and That's she's true. used it in quite a few fights. If Yeah. So uh, it is quite an impressive move. Uh yeah. All right. I, I can see you. I, I can see you next to you, that beach art that you did. I can just about see you jumping off, you know, lunging at. Please don't. I, I hope you never have to use that. Yeah. Uh, we're teaching it to kids. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so in the hustle of things, um, uh, again, you know, we're doing quite a few long hours these days because we want to make sure we are completing everything together. So uh, in the hustle of things, which app allows you to stay more sane and structured? Um, sane and structured. Um, I, I, you know, there's, a, there's no, what I, what I started doing, um, and this might sound kind of counterintuitive, was I, I started putting personal time into my Outlook calendar. So, you know, having a work email on my phone and I had, you know, been, you know, you just kind of let that fill up as time goes on. And then, you know, as slowly as you have more and more responsibility, those you have less and less time. So um, what I, what I do is I kind of, I take control of my, uh, 
uh, work agenda. So I will block off time. This morning we had a call that started early at nine. So I went for a run at 10 instead and just blocked off that hour for, for that time. So people you know, on Teams or, or otherwise will see that I'm, I'm busy. So I don't have that same pressure of having to respond to a message that comes in. Yeah. Uh, immediately, especially if it's not urgent. So I've actually just kind of, you know, it's outlook. I don't have a sort of magic um, hack or something for productivity. Um, <laughs> I don't even know if I am that productive, but um, I end up, uh, you know, just, just making sure that that time is blocked off. Um, I think that's one of the most important things that you can do in terms of your long-term, you know, productivity and not, and not end up burning the candle at both ends too fast. Oh, rightfully said. Nice, nice. Uh, you're right. For me, it's Google Calendar. I do mm. add in very uh, my personal time, my me time, uh, time to just spend with the family. Sometimes uh, in between the day, just that twenty minutes helps uh, to get that you know zing back in. Exactly. Um, awesome, awesome. It, 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 okay, so you have done quite a few different jobs from from what I've seen on your profile uh, or on your LinkedIn profile. Uh, what was your first job? Uh, my first, very first job where I was paid uh, was as a greeter at our neighborhood pool, um, where oh, wow. I was in, front the, <laughs> in front of the entrance, and I would sign people in uh, and collect the guest fees if people if people had brought guests. So I guess it was a very customer facing uh, role at the at the beginning when I was when I was fourteen. Has that influenced any part of you know the way you you uh, meet people these days? Because I'm guessing a lot of what you'd learned in your first job becomes also part of that personality you develop in the professional life. You know, I always um, I always take those things, and I think that it's really important to combine a lot of the experiences that we have when we're younger. Um, you know, we, we don't necessarily talk about those types of things when you're in a traditional job interview because you're going to start off with your first, you know, professional experience yeah. in the sector where you're working. Um, and, you know, I, I'd spent a couple of years as an English teacher in Sardinia and in Spain after I, I, wow. I finished school. So um, this is, again, it was like people, you know, and especially in France where I live, you know, they were, they were like, this doesn't count, right? And, mm. and I think that it counts more than anything. I mean, for the reason you just mentioned, Steve, building on those things and i think yes. the fact that, you know when you're when you're customer facing or if you're a teacher or something or a, a greeter at a pool um you know people are coming and to you for something and you are there to to help them to either you know enjoy their afternoon or to, to learn english in the case of what, what i was doing and that has had uh it's, it's probably the thing that i use the most is the ability to communicate with anybody who walks in the door any student who's there no matter what their level is no matter what their motivation is and there's a lot of parallels between that and the meeting room or between the sales room or between oh. the different calls you can have. Yeah. So uh, I would say that those types of experiences at the beginning are, are even more important than the different you know, things that I would be doing today, which are, of course, much more complicated, much more advanced in terms of strategy and organization and transformation and those big topics. But, uh, but, but those are the things that stay with me every day. Wow. Wow. Uh, ha. I'm guessing your team is, you know, lucky to have you in many of these uh, aspects as well, because I know you also talk a lot about the soft skills, the human skills, uh, and not just the digital side of it. Because again, uh, you know, we need to be digitally able, savvy, and uh, and able to communicate with our, uh, our customers. But inter-team relationships just as much matter. Uh, so this, you know, I, I can just about imagine you talking to your teams about how we should be building a more cohesive, uh, you know, working environment, especially during these times. You know, it's one of the things I do. I spend a lot of time thinking about those types of things. I mean, I read a lot of books on management and psych behavioral psychology and things like that too, because I'm just naturally interested 
in that too. But I think that there's certain things that's true that you really got, you don't necessarily think about because we don't spend enough time thinking about how we do things, right? And that's yeah. really on the human aspect of when we're working together on something, that's, that's almost as important as what you're doing. So that approach is really important. Uh, and, you know, some of the things about, you know, mutualizing success. So, you know, not trying to do it alone, you know, taking the time to cultivate people to work with you um, and whatever that might mean and however that might, that form that might take, that's really, really important. And the other thing that I try to, to show is, is radical transparency because, you know, we work for a company. It's a giant company. It's been around for 147 yes. years. Um, it's not my company and it's for the people that are working on my team. It's not their company either. So it's important as well to, to, you know, to not, um, take too much on your shoulders because I think you just, you, you, you can easily get sucked into the machine and then, you know, the machine is isn't real. The business itself is not real. You can't, she said, I wasn't going to come and, and, and punch me in the face if I say something bad about it. You know, it's, it's a collection of people and it's a process. Yeah. It's, a, it's a, it's a type of process that's been put in place. It's become bigger than an individual, and so you know it needs. To, people need to make sure that that that, that working for a company is, fits, that it matches with what they want to do, and that um, you know they're able to look at that and to, to objectively look at the things that are happening um, and bring their point of view. Otherwise, you know they just you can just get crushed into the machine so fast, um, and for all the wrong reasons. So it's very hey, important. Uh, soft skills really important. Completely agree, and I know one of the biggest leadership challenges I've heard. In, in the past uh, eight months or so is been to give that that face to the company right uh, a company is always the collection of individuals they've got the the type of work that they put into the to the to the company so what's the biggest leadership challenge you're facing now well right now it's hard to separate anything from what we're seeing you know with the COVID situation of course and yeah. for me the biggest leadership challenge right now is uh, is all of the how do you replace all of the intangibles um you know we don't have lunches in nice restaurants we don't have you know meeting up for drinks after 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 everybody gets out of work um even business travel where you're able to see the people in different countries you know when i was traveling a lot before um you know how do you keep those relationships up and how do you really let that because those moments are really important i mean getting together so and true. blowing off some steam together doing other things other than working together uh, you know, that's, that's one of the things that I think, you know, makes working for a company and working in a team so interesting. And so now the, it's just, you know, how do you do that in such a way where, you know, people are able to continue to feel like a, a part of the team, continue to feel like, you know, they're working towards something collectively and not just, you know, individually and checking in uh, at different points in time. So, um, you know, it's, it's, that, that's a challenge in itself when people, you know, in the normal times, let's say, where, you know, you're in an office or you're in a, I think uh, a situation where you're able to see each other, uh, but now it's just especially especially difficult. So the vision is super important. Where you're trying to go, um, and you know, taking the time to again mutualize success. So you know, putting together different kind of subgroups of people that are going to be able to work together on a project. I think is it has to be deliberate. It can't be just kind of let to chance. Amen to that. Amen to that. Cannot leave it a chance. Uh, also, one of the lovely, uh, you know, tenets what Reshape was built on is you can't leave it a chance. You want to bring the leaders uh, who aspire to be, you know, better to bring everyone together collectively, grow the community. Uh, so, hey, looking forward to that. Looking forward to that taking shape as well. Uh, Anthony, what's your biggest hope for the future? What's your hope for the next six months? Because I'm not looking at too long-term future. I'm looking at more of a short-term future. What is that, that hope you have? 
Uh, well, I'm hoping that uh, we can regain some confidence. Uh, I think we can regain confidence as a society. You know, this this the, the the virus has been particularly cruel in the in the way that it has forced us all to confront the same thing, but we've had to separate from each other in order to do that. So we were given an opportunity, a golden opportunity, I would say, to unite against a common enemy, which was really one of the biggest keys in, in you know, the way the technique in terms of unifying people. So but true. we can't see each other. We can't touch each other. We can't be near each other and spend time with each other. So um, I'm really hoping that we start to get a little bit of that confidence back and that we can, um, I think, at the end, let's say the phase three, or maybe if we can even go so far as to be optimistic and say the final phase of the pandemic, uh, now that the vaccinations have started, is confronting that final wave, but finally being able to do it together and physically together. Uh, I think that that's my, my biggest hope is being able to get back into that. And then, uh, you know, a lot of the things that have we've seen, accelerations that we've seen in the change in society and, of course, digital uh, and, and e-commerce and all these things that, I, you know, I hope that, they, that the positive, we're able to kind of pick voluntarily the positive parts that we were able to live through from that, uh, learn those lessons and apply them, but still be able to go back to something that resembles, you know, um, the, the world that we lived in before and, and within the joys that that, that, that had. Well, uh, God bless you. I, I echo those same thoughts, and I, I, I'm hopeful that we will take these lessons we're learning in these times, especially from 2020, uh, and move it forwards to everything. It's it's the whole business uh, of life that we need to apply it to. So, echoing your the thoughts, brother. Life. I like that. I like that, Steve. That's a good one. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, so, what's that one weird fact about you? Um, I, uh, I really like, uh, cooking lasagna. I don't know. I probably have a lot of oh. weird things, but <laughs> I love, I love cooking as well. So, and lasagna is one of my, one of my, one of my passions. So I, is that like your go-to food making lasagna no. is your go-to food? No, because it's too, uh, it's not a comfort food for me because it's, it's, it's more about the process, you know, so you have to start in the morning to make the pasta and then put it in the refrigerator. Oh, you make it. the pasta sheets as well. Oh, you know, everything, everything from the, from, from scratch. So when I make wow. it, it's usually a, more of a social type of thing. You know, my go-to, you know, uh, comfort food is more of like a, maybe a massaman or like a, like a spicy <laughs> soup or like a ramen or something. Those are things that I love uh, eating the most in terms of a comfort food. But the lasagna is, it's a, you know, it's something that uh, we've been I've managed to to, to, to sublimate, and so I, I, I and it has to be shared. You can't make lasagna for one. That's so true. That's, I think that's that's what that part that's inherent of pleasure of, of of spending so much time to to work on that together. So uh, wow, I'm guessing you know Mrs. Himes is very very happy uh, when you make lasagna because it is a process. There's a lot of especially if you're making your own sheet. That's yeah. tough. Well, she's also, she's also, I mean, she's, she's just as social as I am in terms of that. So we know that when there's a lasagna coming, that it means we're <laughs> going to be getting together with people. And then that's, 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 that's where the, where the joy comes from. I think. Awesome. By the way, on, uh, on the 12th of December, uh, that's this Saturday, we do have uh, a cook along with uh, Ben Ebers, who is one of the chefs and, and co-founders of Sorted. Uh, we'll be making mac and cheese with a twist, Prosecco and prawns, uh, and of course, oh. a lava cake, which is simple and it's all in 30 minutes. You're going to learn the whole thing in 30 minutes. So hopefully you'll join with uh, with the family. I like that idea. My son would probably love to make a lava cake. That sounds great. Hey, my nine-year-olds make one as well. So, uh, you know, we should definitely, definitely get the kids involved in that. 
Cool. Sounds great, Steve. Thanks. Awesome. Awesome. Hey, last question as we are getting to our 25 minute mark. Um, what was your proudest moment in life? Uh, the proudest moment in life, probably uh, the day I got married, I think, and seeing the, the feeling, the love between everybody that, that, that came to that, to that event together and then just wow. feeling how proud I was to have, uh, to have that group, uh, to be part of that group and to have that group unified for such a, such a beautiful moment. I think that pride is proud is it's a good word for, for what I felt there in that, in that moment in time. Awesome. Can I ask you which country you got married in? In France. Okay. Wow. That was nice. A beautiful church up in the hill, outside of the city, and not in Paris. What was well, your setting our, like? Our, our, our religious uh, ceremony was in uh, was in the was in a church in the Marais, so in the center in the oh, center of Paris, you know, the, an old church of Saint Elizabeth uh, from from Hungary. And then we um, yeah we had the, the party and the reception was at um, a little like a, it's called a prieure, so it's kind of center of the country. Not exactly a castle, but you know, kind of a small like a, a lord's mansion. A lord's mansion is pretty good. There was a tower and stuff, so you know, you still wow. have checked off some different things on the way <laughs> there. So, yeah, a little bit outside of Paris and in, in the countryside. So it was, uh, it was, it was spectacular. I mean, really, uh, one of the best, uh, probably the best day of my life. Awesome, awesome. Thank you so much, Tony. Thank you for sharing yourself with us, uh, and thank you for all of you joining us today. 